Hey folks, welcome to episode six. Uh, this episode requires an introduction uh, because this episode has poor audio. That's my fault. I uh, made an error on the on the on the soundboard. I had myself up too high and my wife down too low, and uh, I didn't catch it through my own headphones uh, until afterwards. So I'm sorry about that. I hope you can rough it through this one episode. Uh, we talk about some good stuff. It's just hard to hear at times, but uh, I hope you uh, enjoy it anyway. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Raising CJ, uh, with me, Alex, and you, Bethany. And it's about us raising our daughter, Cadence. Uh, this is episode six, titled Six Weeks. Uh, I know the last episode was the first week. So, uh, as you can imagine, uh, this has not gone to plan as far as doing it like every week or every other week, but I kind of thought that would happen. So I think we're just getting in our routine, um, and it will get more regular as time goes on. I still have not released any episodes yet. Um, my goal is by June 1st to actually post our first episode, um, but this way I get kind of a bank of episodes made up, and then uh, I'm sure we'll have, we, we will eventually, real time will catch up with us as we release them and then record them every other week or every week, uh, and then, because I know just life will get in the way and we won't do it every week. <laughs> um and I also figured out that from here on out, I think we'll just title the episodes with Cadence's age. That way, uh, if you, if we get new listeners, um, and maybe they've, because I imagine our listeners will maybe be prospective parents, and they'll just want to listen to a certain age that they're dealing with or that they want tips on or what did these people go through, and then that way they can just look it up. And I don't have to come up with titles every time. <laughs> I don't think we'll be able to give anybody any tips, but yes, what did you go What do you mean? We're, that's what we're, we do tips all the time. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. I didn't realize we knew anything. Well, just our experience. <laughs> we're sharing our experience. Oh, yeah. We say, this happened to us, so it's not abnormal for yeah. this to happen. Sure. <laughs> so... Uh, to catch up on a few things from the last episode, um, we talked to, on our last episode, we had just given her a bottle for the first time. Uh, we have kept up on doing, at least trying to have one bottle, uh, a day that I can give to her in the evening. Um, that has worked out for the most part. Uh, there's been a few days where, um, She's so hungry that she <laughs> eats even the bottle before we get tonight time. Um, and then there's, and then there were some days where we've traveled for, for Easter and such where we weren't able to pump a bottle during the day. Um, yeah, I really have to time it right. If I don't pump like between four in the morning and seven in the morning, then my pump too late and then, um, then she needs to eat. Every two hours by that point, and then sometimes I have to pop her off with what I, or 
already tucked, but you know, usually she'll be sleeping for a few hours in the wee hours of the morning. I have a lot of milk, and so it's all about timing. And then, yeah, also, if you travel and you don't stock up while you're traveling, you fall behind. I know some people have like a ton of milk, and I don't think I'm in that group. But um, I learned about this um, silicone. Um, Our cat, Solemn Bum, has decided to join the podcast, so if you hear something wiggling around, I guess he's walking around the table. He's finally got up and he's sleeping all day. Um, <laughs> he's decided to cause trouble. So, there's this thing made out of uh, food grade silicone called like a haka from New Zealand, and it's like a little... Uh, positive or negative pressure pump that you can attach to the breast you're not feeding on while you're nursing and it'll just collect the letdown a little bit more and that's been a big help in terms of helping me increase my milk supply and then also making sure that you don't just get wasting that stuff that would maybe come out um, while you're nursing. So if you can find that, it's A-A-K-A-A on Amazon and it's not very expensive and I think that's what I'm going to recommend to any nursing mom. Um, yeah, I've sometimes I'm so, I'm pretty impressed by how much uh, fills into that thing. Yeah, I think I would like pump on one side while she was nursing on the other before. So I think you have the tubes and the cord, and it's a lot to handle. But this thing is just it's small and there's nothing attached to it. There's the dog jiggling around, but we're and the kitty's probably kind of snuffling. So. The whole family is around for the podcast. Yeah, it's a worthwhile investment, I think. Um, And also, I have given her a bottle sometimes um, to top her off, or some, you know, when I have pumped too late in the day or whatever. And uh, so that's been nice. I don't know how long it'll last because I've heard from other moms that they couldn't, if the real thing was there, they weren't able to you know, feed the baby a bottle, but so far Caitlin doesn't seem to care. She'll go from breast to bottle, breast to breast, no problem. She doesn't care as long as there's food there, so that's kind of fun. We'll see if that changes. The other thing to talk about with bottle feeding, since we're on the subject, is um, at your most recent visit to lactation specialists, yeah. they talked about paste bottle feeding, yeah. um, which we've started to implement, and uh, the point of it is to uh, make it difficult to drink out of a bottle a little bit, or at least make the baby have to work for it so that they don't get discouraged by um, breastfeeding in the future. So, right, because the flow out of the bottle can be a lot faster than coming out of the breast. And so if they're getting it really fast from a bottle and then not fast the other way, then they'll only want the bottle. And so this is the lactation specialist said that um, they're thinking maybe – Nipple confusion isn't as much a thing as low frustration, which is also an alteration, so that's fun. Um, but yes, and I was glad because they gave me a handout on it, and they also said there's a YouTube video, and I'm like, ugh. Because they, at the hospital, they told us about all these educational videos, and they're all like 20 minutes long, and I'm like, oh, I'm not another thing. But the videos on YouTube are like three minutes. It's like they're practical for parents. So if you want to look that up on YouTube, paste bottle feeding. I think it's helped her not spit up so much from the bottle. Right, from getting too much too fast. Yeah, gulping. Um, And then also, uh, you know, we just 
recently someone was telling us about this baby actually that uh didn't like to breastfeed anymore just like it from the bottle because they were frustrated with how slow it was i think from breastfeeding so so we do have an account where we learned of an account of a baby that felt that way about it so uh it's a good thing to do i think because then they just want to drink from bottle all the time and that's just more dishes <laughs> yeah I think in the last episode, we talked a little bit about uh, a sleep routine. Um, yeah. Yeah. We always, so what we've learned is we always think we're on the verge of a routine with sleeping, and then it never works out to be a routine. Um, we, we always get, we'll get like two nights in a row of the same thing, and we're like, yay, this is how it's going to be all the time now. Uh, and it's not. I mean... This kind of goes together with the bottle feeding in our last episode. We were like, yeah, I gave her a bottle, and then Bethany got four hours to herself, and it was amazing. Uh, and it's going to be like that all the time now. And it's not. Sometimes sometimes it is, but sometimes maybe the bottle is only two ounces, and uh, she felt like she needed three or four that night, and so the break isn't as long. But also we... Uh, just us, we have not been able to do a constant sleep cycle. It's like two nights of good sleep and then two nights of not so good. Oh, what would you yeah, say about it? Yeah, it's pretty unpredictable. I think that she would sleep in a solid four, maybe even five hours um, from midnight to seven, somewhere in there. But actually lately, the last few days, um, she's been waking up every one to two hours to eat, I think. It's really getting kind of confusing because I honestly don't remember when the night is over what happened. Um, I just know we got through it. But it's also getting easier for me to wake up and feed her, um, and then she goes back to sleep right away usually. So maybe the first week or two might be fussy in the night, um, but that doesn't happen anymore. She's like, I hear her waking up, I get up, I feed her. I hold her for a while in the chair, and then I put her back down. And usually that works, not always. Sometimes she'll wake up and I put her down and have to start it all over again, which is hard, um, just because I'm tired and I know she's tired. I want to go to sleep. But I've been reading The No Cry Sleep Solution for Newborns, and I think it's a really good book um, that talks about different ways to create environment for sleep at night and what to do during the day, making sure everybody doesn't get overtired and they feel better at night. And it says in the book that you're not really going to have a routine. And I've read in other places that that routine might not form until four to six months and also real sleep training can't happen until four to six months. And so I'm just trying to embrace whatever happens. But the frustrating thing is um, that she doesn't consistently fall asleep and then stay asleep when you put her down or you can't just put her down awake and she'll fall asleep. So I still don't know how daycare is going to go because the provider will obviously not be able to hold her through her nap. So that's the main thing I'm working on. Alex is helping obviously, but since I'm home during the day, um, especially now that she just turned six weeks yesterday, I'm going to try and get her to take one nap in her crib at least a day. Um, 
until it works. And then we'll go shoot for two and a half, you know. So we still have six weeks of maternity leave left to work on that. But it's probably it's the thing we're at the halfway the point yeah. of maternity leave. Yeah, and so I don't worry so much about the fact that I'm not getting an extra I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> worrying about making sure that she can sleep on her own during the day. And there is just no quick solution, according to the internet, that I've found so far. You know, some babies are just better at falling asleep by themselves than others. And you got one that has a harder time. Right. And we know that because I believe it was the no cry sleep solution that we were reading. And it, it just, I mean, you'd have to read it. I don't know, word for word. But there's, there's times where they just say, and then put your baby to bed. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh I guess you're supposed to be able to just, to just lay a child down and they fall asleep. <laughs> well, and I also read um, Eat, Play, Sleep, which said the same, same thing. Right. And then I tried the newborn sleep book, I think, which is like the JSE method, which is basically a modified cry it out. And I don't want to do cry it out at least until four, four, to, six four to six months old. Yeah. Unless we have to. Now, the daycare might be doing cry it out for all I know. If she doesn't fall asleep, they might let her cry. I don't know what the provider will do. I hope not, because wouldn't that be traumatic if the first day you're away from your mom, you also have to cry yourself to sleep? That sounds awful, but it's probably fine. Wow, that's something to talk to her about, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, that, hey, we're not doing that yet. She's too little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I read about um, this other method help them get back to sleep and get them down and they wake up. It's Australian, I think. I should look it up. Massa school or something like that. This is the pat-pat method where you pat them fast a whole bunch and you pat them slow and you pat them with one hand and that's supposed to help lull them back to sleep without picking them up. So uh, definitely doing my research on this and not just flying by the seat of our pants here, but it's difficult to sleep train and then also to try and prevent her from getting overtired at the same time. You don't want to try something that will just keep her up longer. I don't know. It's right. very well, difficult. And I watched you doing the pat-pat method as you were telling me about it. Um, but the weird, I thought the weird part about it is so like you had to roll her on her side. Yeah, so the method, but, actually the video I watched on YouTube about it, um, had, um, had the baby like tucked into a sheet to hold the baby in place on her side. But we just had her swaddled at that point. And you yeah, roll them onto your their side to do it, and then you just gently roll them back when you're done. They're not supposed to stay on their side. You have to watch the video. But she never sleeps on her side, so I think it would be weird for her to fall asleep that way. Well, I think no, the reason I think they have you do it that way is so that you're patting their side. Right. And not their okay. stomach. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I didn't go to the school. I just watched a YouTube <laughs> video about it. <laughs> right. Because I'm desperate. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so the anyway, when when you're, I don't know, when you're frustrated and you're tired and then you read this book, okay, and it just says, well, just put your baby to bed. And it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You just put her to bed. But our she, cadence doesn't do that. You have to hold her to sleep. And we thought that was a farce. And then we've actually yeah. talked like our neighbor lady. She's an elder, elderly woman. 
we're like, how'd you put your kids to bed? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I just put them to bed. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, just laid them down and they went to sleep. So. It's like, oh, maybe that's later and everyone forgets the sure. first first six weeks. I don't know. All I Let's hope I, so. I couldn't go back to work right now. I don't feel like I could. I don't know what right. I would do. Because it's six weeks, which is what, you know, is pretty standard here. And I don't think that's enough. Uh, as soon as I get some time, I'm going to write some letters about it to legislatures. Because I just think that's stupid. Especially because in two weeks, we'll probably talk about it in that episode or whatever. Um, it's going to go through a wonder week. Which is another book, and it's a theory about babies have these bursts of development at predictable intervals, and there's one that happens at eight weeks. Um, that's a pretty major one, which makes them the babies pretty fussy, and that's also the peak of purple crying. And so you just think about, you know, you're going to go back to work at six weeks, and then but you're going to be potentially having this big developmental leap. And the peak of crying, so the parent's just going to be stressed, and the baby's going to need their parents more than ever. At that, you know, why wouldn't you want maternity and paternity leave to extend through what's biologically meaningful, and not just some, well, whatever, six weeks seems good. I don't know what the why that. Was. That's what a business can afford, or yeah, whatever. I, I wonder why that was considered enough time. Probably because by then maybe the mom is healed or something from birth, but I think it should be also about the baby. In my opinion. Right. That's what it is in Europe. Oh, and, you know, last time we were really upset about our child care situation. So um, upset. We're still upset that we had to go through it, but uh, we do have something figured out now. You know, last time we had a lady for September, and then we still had to figure out a nanny. But just to, just to fill you in on what we figured out, we actually found another family care place that happened to have an opening actually the week before we need we need it. So Beth needed a visit there and liked it enough that we got our spot reserved. So we'll, we'll have to skip the one that we found for September and we'll just do this uh, this new one that we found because it's immediately when we need it and it we think it'll work out. So again, that was a really traumatic ordeal for us, but we can put it behind us for now, I guess. Yeah. All right. Over the last, since we last talked to you, uh, the Easter holiday took place and we traveled in our first road trip with Cadence for Easter. We went to the Fargo Moorhead area from Duluth. So that's about a five hour drive. And what, what, how did it go, Mom? It went surprisingly well. So I sat in the back seat with Cadence. But she, I mean, she slept for the first half, and then we stopped and nursed and did a diaper, I think, and then nursed a little more, and then we were able to do the second half. And she cried, like, when we got within 10 miles of our destination, maybe less, she started crying. Yeah. The rest of the trip. I actually think we went four hours, sure. right, sure. on the way there. Yeah. So yeah. we we got four fifths the way there before we had to stop because sure. uh, she's she needed a good nap that day, I guess. But we do travel with our dog and now our baby, and we have just a small SUV, and 
there was not enough room in that alone to travel for just a three-night trip. Right. Or four-night, whatever it was. So, yeah, this doesn't have much to do about parenting, but I thought I'd share with you <laughs> what I discovered to do. Um, I bought a rooftop cargo bag on Amazon. Um, it's just like a plastic, heavy plastic. It's not canvas, but it kind of feels like the weight of canvas. Um, and and some strap, a strap system. So, I don't know, you could look that up. But anyway, we were able to store a lot of stuff up in that bag uh, and I don't even have a fancy SUV that has roof rack and all that so but I figured out a way to use ratchet straps to use the ratchet straps as the forward and back roof rack cross rail and then strap the bag to the ratchet straps and then I did buy some extra straps to go over the center of the bag where normally you would the bag has all these side ties that would go to the side rails. Um, but we don't have a fancy roof rack. Otherwise, I'd probably just have the hard the hard top cover for a roof rack. So, but anyway, that's a fairly affordable way that you can haul out of stuff. It went really, and it went really well. Um, it didn't shift or vibrate too much or, you know, whatever. It didn't make a lot of noise or anything. Pretty sizable because you put the pack and play and our bags in there, right? Yeah, I think it's designed to, I think they designed them for two full sets of luggage. So say you each had a, say you're going to the airport, you could each have a big suitcase that you check and a carry-on style suitcase. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were able to do both our bags, a pack and play, two pillows, and some random other bags, but so quite a bit of stuff. So just a tip for people that can't afford a new car just because they had a baby, you or know. Or a roof rack, which is a pretty expensive right. yeah. addition to the vehicle. When you have a dog, that's really that's the problem. Because if we have another kid, all bets are off. But, but actually, if we didn't have a dog, and then we could put everything in the back, but that's where the dog goes, so... Neither here nor there. Anyway. What's the point of not having a dog? I know. Well, you got to think about future trips. I guess we'll just have to border or get well, a pet sitter I for the future. I think by the time we have another kid, both our vehicles are 2009s, so we'll probably be in the market for a new vehicle at that time. We'll yeah, that's there. true. We'll yeah. kind of have to. Yeah. That'll solve itself. Uh, I thought we could talk about cloth diapers a little bit. We um, we talked before about how we plan to use them, and uh, we were all set up for them. But through Cadence's first week or so, we did just continue to use the newborn's uh, disposable sizes because uh, she just went through so many. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have time to do even more laundry. I, mean, I feel like it's right. I feel like if you're doing cloth, you can give yourself a pass the first two to three weeks. Because, first of all, it's not worth it to buy newborn size diapers because kids have already outgrown them. So you don't really get, you know, your money's worth. Um, and you're already doing enough laundry as it is with all the various episodes of spit up and poop and everything. And you can't even feed yourself. So don't, don't worry about it, is my advice. Just accept that for two or three weeks, 
Wendy's disposable. I think it's okay. Yeah, so we have we've got I don't know, at least four different kinds, right? Yeah, so I took a lot of recommendations on what to buy. I have two friends, three friends, and an aunt who have used cloth diapers, and they all like something different. And so I just kind of bought a smattering of three different kinds and decided that we would just try and, and then invest later in the one we like the most. And so I have pocket diapers and flip hybrids, Grovia hybrids, and I had some all-in-one newborns, just a handful. Um, and I also bought pre-folds and a couple covers. We, I think I used the pre-folds one time. We get the pre-fold cloth, piece of cloth. If you look it up, you might know what it is. It's like the traditional cloth diaper. And you get these things like snappies that replace, they're called snappies that replace pins. Um, and you put cover over that, but it, it's a lot of hassle, so I really only did that once. And we used those pre-fold diapers for for plots and to put on our changing pad and a variety of other things, but not actually as diapers. Would the pre-folds be accepted at a center? I don't know. Okay. Because... It, well, the centers we talked to so they would do cloth, but, you know, not, not a cloth and a diaper pin, but yeah, the so new... Plastic that grabs if there's no pins. So they might do it, I don't know. But it might depend on your daycare. My aunt who works is the assistant director at daycare, so they can't do any diaper that you don't change the whole thing every time. So doing, you know, an insert and a cover, where you change the insert every time wouldn't work in her center. You have to do something hmm. that you change the whole shebang, so it wouldn't even be worth to do. Doing sure. Pre-folds then. I don't even know. But maybe your center can do a switch out. Right. It's a good question to ask when you're uh, touring. Our family care place. Yes. Right. So our family care place that we're going to go, she said she would try cloth. She's been doing good hair for 18 years and no one has ever asked her to do cloth before. So she's willing to give it a shot, but she seems pretty skeptical. But I'm hoping she'll roll with the punches. We'll have to bring both, I guess. Yeah. For a good number. Um, you know, even if she committed to cloth, I'd still some disposables as backup in case we ran out or something. Yeah. Well, but my, so my favorites so far are the flip. The reason I like them is because they are a shell with an insert and the insert can be taken out. Just put a new insert in. Uh, so if the, if the shell didn't get a mess on it, you can just reuse it. So I think it's efficient and not wasteful also, or not that you're wasting the diaper, but you have to grab a new one every time. And the, is the Grovia the one that snaps in? Yeah. Yeah. That's also a hybrid. Right. Both of these you can buy disposable inserts, which is also kind of nice. So if you were traveling, you could have something that you could just throw away and you could keep reusing the insert if you want. But the inserts are more <laughs> expensive silly, than disposable <laughs> diapers. Oh, okay. and so I think it's yeah. just less waste waste for people oh, sure. like, if you're doing it solely for environmental reasons and not for cost, you would probably do that. Okay. Well, yeah, we're doing a combination yeah. of those reasons, I think. But, yes. Um, but anyway, those are okay, too, because they're an insert that snaps into place. So in that respect, it would seem better than the flip. Although I've noticed so far... That the insert 
really narrows for the between the crotch space, which I suppose is a nice fit design. But I don't think I've changed one yet that didn't get the shell dirty. So the insert doesn't really keep it contained. Yeah, I agree. I'm not 100% <laughs> sold on those yet. Um, I think right now, so all of these, like, snap together to make them smaller for different size babies and so i'm not sure if it's a problem with just using it where it's for the small size yeah but i don't know you know one person i talked to said that those were her favorite so i'm kind of waiting to see what the payoff is there what i do like about the grovias is that you can buy them with a closure in front is either velcro or snaps and i have all velcro and i actually prefer the Velcro, it's quicker than trying to figure out which snaps you're supposed to put it on. But what's nice about the flips, they're a little less expensive than the Grovians, and they're sold at Target.com, which I like because I have a red card and I get free shipping and all that. Um, otherwise, you go to Grovia.com or Amazon or whatever to get them. Also, the flips have a newborn size insert that we have, so it's not it doesn't have that same problem, I think, of getting bunched when you make the diaper smaller. And then I'm hoping those newborn inserts will serve as extra padding for like an overnight or something situation. You can put them on top of a regular insert later. So I think the flips are going to be the winner. So far, they're my favorite too. I do kind of wish there was a Velcro option. I kind of like the snaps because it, it, it makes it like exact. Like it's either supposed to go here or here. I don't know. That's how I think of it. Oh, okay. Um, but then there's been some times where, so I also have, I've noticed I have this tick about me where I want the diaper to be symmetrical <laughs> down the middle. Yeah. And I think, I swear some of the diapers, the snaps are like odd numbered. So you can't have a, yeah. it, it can't be symmetrical. Like one side has to go further yeah. than the other one. Like, because she's still really small. So we're put it, you know, we're, we're using all the all the snaps or all the adjustments, yeah. yeah. So you end up with two two rows of snaps still showing, but one of the rows is the center row. Yeah, she was you know, eight pounds ten ounces on Thursday and it's Saturday now. And twenty two inches, so she's already grown two inches. Yeah, and diapers that we're talking about that aren't a newborn size specifically are generally supposed to be good for babies eight pounds and larger on the small side of that um so yeah you're still having to do quite a bit of tightening you can imagine if it also fits a 20 pound baby there's a lot of room or wiggle room and, and kind of that kind of thing so the last kind of diaper we have is the pocket which is just something that you change everything every time and that i got because i heard from someone that they had the fewest leaks through that kind of diaper. I see that. Yeah. Um, although I just changed one that had But I think, again, that has to do with getting it small enough to fit around her legs is still kind of tricky. Sure. Um, and also, if the, if the daycare does need something that they can change everything every time, then you might as well do it. That'd pocket. pretty much be the best option, probably. And there are less than, they cost less than the hybrids, although that's kind of tricky because you buy shells and then you can buy inserts, and so the cost is really how many inserts can you get through before you have to, you know, whatever you need your shell to insert ratio to be versus, <laughs> yeah. 
anyway. We should do a spreadsheet on this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we still do disposables at night right now. I think we could maybe, if she was only waking up once or something like that, maybe we could go to doing cloth at night as well. But since I, since we've still been testing all these different diapers, I haven't even built up the stash um, enough to do that anyway. So sure, we're really just doing a mix of cloth and disposable still this since we're going off on diapers, the I think the great thing about the disposables and still the one thing I don't like about cloths is there's no indicator on a cloth. The disposables now, most of them, have a, a stripe or something on them. Our, the ones we use have a yellow stripe and it turns blue when it's wet. So that's just great so you can know. Uh, and also I think that's what's really great about them at night. Because when you wake up and you're tired as all tired as can be and, you know, you don't know which way's up, you can just quick look at it. Oh, it's blue. Okay, I know that's a problem. Let's go change your diaper. I don't know my name. You know, <laughs> uh, but otherwise you have to, like, figure it out. So I guess with cloth, I mean, it's fine. I mean, yeah, you peek in. Okay, no poop. Then you got to put your finger in, basically, to see if it's wet. And, and really... Um, some of them are has such a nice wicking layer between the baby and the absorbent layers that you can't even really feel if it's, I don't know, I have a hard time trying to figure that out. Sure. What I go by now is kind of the weight, kind of feel the bum and see if it feels like the game liquid. <laughs> and, right. And just through experience, I'm starting to kind of get that. Uh-huh. Uh, but that doesn't really work with all of them. That's really... The pocket diapers is the one I can tell the most on with that. So, yeah, you kind of get hooked on that indicator. We started yeah. off with Pampers, Swaddlers, because that's the use of the hospital. And then now I've gone to Up and Up Disposables, which are really affordable with Target yeah. They're very similar to Pampers, I yeah, think. Yeah, and I think they're so similar good... in quality as well. Yeah. So I don't think you have to waste the money on the Pampers. You can just right. buy Target brand. But, and they have the same indicator. Oh, sure. I did register for some um, seventh generation disposable diapers because I thought when we do disposable, I want to do eco friendly disposable. But they're expensive and they don't have an indicator. So I know that was the whole thing for me. It was like, oh, cool, seventh generation. They make uh, whatever, like green clean or whatever, right? Was, no, shoot. they're just they're seventh generation. They make a cleaner, though. Yeah, they have cleaners well, anyway. and all different kinds of stuff. Right. Anyway, I like the company in general. Yeah. But I was like, these diapers suck. They don't have an indicator. You get so, you get very attached to the indicator. Yes. (laughs) I did anyway. Absolutely. So that was a lot about diapers, but that's basically what having a baby is at this point. (laughs) Feeding and changing diapers and trying to get her to sleep. She has started smiling. Smiles at me anyway when I talk to her which I love. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of hard to know. You know, someone told me you're going to know when she smiles at you for the first time and it's no longer those reflex gas smiles. But for us, it was like a slow transition where she'd have some gassy smiles. And then maybe because I was smiling at her, she did smile back, but it was hard to know. Um, but no, I definitely, I play with her and she smiles. She still doesn't think things are funny, though. No. I'm... And she laughs in her sleep, so I know she can yeah. laugh. I'm always like, oh, I can't wait till she, like, thinks the things I'm doing are funny, like eating her toes or 
blowing a raspberry. But, you know, I'm like, no, you can't rush through it. You're supposed to enjoy every moment. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to say you're going to miss you're going to miss it when it's over. So I'm I'm not really trying to wish her forward to like interacting more, but but I am and I'm not. All that. I feel that way too. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens next, but right. I just want to enjoy this. Uh-huh. Same Z's. Well, so we do have two cats and a dog, and they still don't seem to really care about the baby. So they will all sniff her if they're within reach once in a while, but they're not really interested. Yeah, I'm actually pretty underwhelmed with how much Maggie is the dog. interested. Maggie or dog, um, or not interested. I mean, sometimes she gets excited, excited and wants to sniff her right in the face. Mm-hmm. But that's only, that's not very often. I thought she'd be more. And when we first brought her home, she was like guarding the playpen, but that did not last at all. Because she just got used to her. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a problem. It's good that they don't mind or, you know, because then I don't have to worry about Maggie being around her alone. She's not like going to harass her. No. Um, Also, I guess I thought they'd interact a little bit more. Yeah. So maybe when she's older. Yeah. Because maybe has liked like a toddler, gotten really excited about that. Sure. So, but so far it's just like a little bundle. Oh, okay. Yeah, she does have to. Maggie does have to work a little harder for affection now because obviously the walks have decreased a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know, there's only so much. There's only so much love to give. Although it's gotten, I think, better because we're home during the day and the weather's nicer. So, you know, during the winter, we kind of decreased walks anyway because I was super pregnant and not wanting to walk on that icy sidewalk and the weather right. was crappy. But at least now mm-hmm. it's kind of nice out, so we do take the opportunity more often. So she's not, she's not being neglected. It's just, yes, yeah, the know. center. And also there's some magic about being outside with Cadence. She she falls asleep. I mean, if you go for a stroller ride or if you uh, go for a walk and put her in the boba or the sling wrap, yeah. sling wrap, whatever, um, she goes to sleep, like, right away. So You don't know if we talked about carriers in the last first podcast. I don't think I've done much carrying at that point. I don't point. think so. But I have a boba, and it's like a wrap soft carrier. A ring sling that's made of muslin that I got on eBay. Somebody makes them in California, so it's not at the highest quality. It was only ten dollars, and they're usually like more like forty or one hundred and forty, depending on the brand. Uh, and we have in, in another like infant carrier that's a little bit more structured that can do front or back. Um, right, she's not quite old enough for that one yet. Yeah, we d- we did use it once, just like yesterday. I've used it twice. Oh, okay. But, yeah, she's supposed to be for babies 12 pounds and up, so she's not quite big enough. The nice thing about that is it just kind of buckles on to you. So I wanted to use it in the store and things like that. Easy to get in and out of. Yeah. Whereas the other ones are more production. I mean, the boba, you have to – it's this intricate thing that you have to wrap around you in a certain way. It's like – And it really takes a few minutes now that we've done it a lot, but yeah. still you wouldn't want to be doing it on the – in a, a parking lot. In a parking yeah. lot because it's like 12 feet long or something. Yeah, it'd get all dirty. And the sling, um, 
nice too, but it also kind of have to have things perfectly balanced to get her in it. In it. Um, although I think maybe a nicer one would actually be a little easier to use, but whatever. And I think I was like, I'm just going to need one carrier and that's it. But no. No, we have three. And we still don't have one where she can face out front. So who knows if there's a fourth in our future. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we don't need that. But yeah, she loves to be carried in the boba or the ring sling. And at first, she might, if she's being fussy, she might kind of cry when you put her in the boba. But we like to say, submit to the boba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she's I, always really fussy, right, when you put her in. Yeah, and it's then like, she's out like a light. Submit. Give in to it. But if you can find a family care provider who's into baby wearing, I think that is awesome. Because I think baby wearing is really good and really important. And if we didn't have to do daycare, I would do it all the time. It's a super snuggling way get things done, and the babies like it, it's all good. But I wonder, when I was looking at nannies, you know, they're, they some would say, I'm a proponent of baby wearing and that kind of thing. But I wonder if some of the family care providers, especially those who have been doing it for a long time and never started baby wearing, aren't really into it now. Because I feel kind of uncomfortable asking our provider to baby, care, baby wear, although I would provide her with a, uh, whatever she wanted to use, a wrap or a sling, if she would do that with Cadence. I think it would help her a lot because Cadence is probably going to cry a lot if she's not held. But I'm sort of torn, like, how do you how do you bring this up, especially if somebody's already set in their routine. But I have friends who across the, they live across the street from a family care provider, and they say that she wears babies all the time. They see her out and about with them. So sort of it probably feels kind of new-agey if you haven't done it before. But, you know, if we have a day where I wear her, it's a lot less crying. Have you worn her where she, have you worn her and she not just, doesn't just sleep the whole time? Because so far for me, she, it's either sleeping and huddled in there or it's I'm awake and let me out. So I'm waiting for the part. And I think it's the other one that she needs to grow into, which will be the most useful for that. But I'm, I'm waiting for the, yeah, I'm being carried around with you and I'm content being awake. Yeah, you're right. If she's, yeah, in there, she generally falls asleep. Like, it's not an alarm. And, you know, she's young enough now where for the most part of the day, if she isn't eating, she should be sleeping. A few hours of awake every time. Okay. So that's yet to come. I think so. You like me, Dad? Yeah, of course. Would you like to make your life more meaningful? <laughs> yes, makes it harder, but it's also more meaningful. It, um, to me, being a dad, at least right away, uh, what it made me feel like is that the stakes are higher for everything, basically. Like, I don't I, should, I might have to go back and listen. I don't know if I've already said this, but um, like you're dry, when you're driving, the stakes are higher. Yeah, I uh, feel that all the time too. When you're just anything, if you're out, if you're working or just thinking about your job and is it stable or could you could could your company go under? Could you be fired? Could something happen? 
like the stakes are higher. It matters more. It's not like, well, I'll just I'll figure it out if that would happen. Now it's like, ah, my whole family might be screwed. <laughs> I don't know. This is what I think about. Yeah, and for me, I definitely wish I would have picked a career or had the foresight to know that I would want to be a mom and be home more. Pick a career that you could keep me home or be more flexible, like a venture capitalist or something. Uh, just because um, I don't. There really... are people that I, don't know, you, I think you can work towards that. Well, I hope so, but I don't know. Um, the thing is, yeah, it's. This feels so much more important to me than my job. Yeah. I have taken part but, in several, not several, like three or four conference calls, which is kind of nice to be on maternity leave for a long time where you can kind of pick what you want to check in on um, and what you don't. So I still enjoy my job, parts of it, but I, yeah, I don't feel like it's as important as this. Yes, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll... See you next time. Again, you can always email us at email at raisingcj.com and visit our website, raisingcj.com, for this and previous episodes. Have a good week. Thanks.